The Squiz is a free weekday email and podcast where your shortcut to being informed. We hear about world leaders a lot in the news. So you know a bit more about some of them. We're going to take a closer look at who they are, how they came to power, their politics and why they're in the news all the time. Three men of whom this is certainly true are the President of Turkey, Recep Tayyip Erdogan, the President of Brazil, Jair Bolsonaro, and India's Prime Minister, Narendra Modi. Here's your shortcut to each of them. Squeeze Shortcuts is your shortcut to more than the headlines. I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Claire Kimball. Let's start in Turkey with President Erdogan. He's 64 years old. He's married. He has two daughters and two sons. He's Muslim and had what many say were humble beginnings, Claire. He did. And he became involved in politics at a very young age. He joined the anti-communist student union back in his university days and then worked in and around politics, pursuing an Islamist agenda. Fun fact, he played semi-professional football or soccer in his younger years, but became a significant political figure in 1994 when he was elected mayor of Istanbul. During that time, he was actually imprisoned. It was quite a shock to the establishment that the first ever Islamist was elected to that mayoralty and he was convicted for inciting religious hatred and forced to resign as mayor and spent four months in jail in 1999. At that time, the party he belonged to was declared unconstitutional and he became quite a prominent speaker on the circuit. He bounced back, though, and formed a new party and actually became Prime Minister in 2003. At that time, that was the highest position in the land. After his third term as Prime Minister, you can't run again, so he ran for President. He was elected in 2014, and interestingly, he was then able, via various referendums, to convince the people to turn the presidential position into a more powerful one than that of PM. Does this speak to his political style? Yeah, it's a really good example of his leadership style. He's known as a strong man. He's known as being very committed to socially conservative kind of initiatives. He's restricted access to alcohol and abortions. He's repealed a ban on on wearing headscarves in public institutions. He also says that adultery should be criminalised. And what's his broad agenda? Erdogan said very early in his political career that democracy is like a train. You get off once you've reached your destination. So that's a pretty good indicator that he's not a big fan of that sort of everyone has a say kind of Mm. situation. He's quite autocratic. That's his view on how that country runs. On the economy, early in his political career, there was significant economic growth, also development of infrastructure and services, but there's been quite a recent downturn in Turkey's economy. That's in crisis. It'll be interesting to see how that goes over the next period of time. Many listening may know his name as he's been in the news a lot after he sent Turkish troops into northern Syria after the US pulled its troops from the border. So on the world stage, security and terrorism has really been the big topic for him. It has, and he's taken a hardline stance on terrorism. That's been, of course, a significant issue in Turkey. When you look at them on the map, you've got sort of Europe up to the north and you've got Syria, Iran and all of those sorts of countries around them. There's been clashes though in Turkey with the Kurdish military groups and Turkish authorities, as well as attacks by Islamic State. So it's really at a junction there. We, of course, have a whole shortcut on the Turkey, US and Syria relationship if you really want to get stuck into that. Let's shoot across to the other side of the world now to Brazil. 
Over in Brazil, and the president is Jair Bolsonaro. He's a relative newcomer to world politics, only sworn in as president in January 2019. Quick profile, he's also 64 years old. He's Catholic. Bolsonaro is on his third marriage. He has five children, four sons and a daughter. His current wife is, according to Bolsonaro, more attractive than French President Emmanuel Macron's (laughs) wife. We'll get into that in our recommendations. He, like Erdogan, started his political career in local politics, Claire. He served in the army for more than 15 years, including a short stint as a paratrooper. While in the army, he wrote an article that was critical of the military's pay system that was very widely supported by his fellow officers and by military families, but it did put him in front of his senior officers in a way that wasn't particularly flattering. But it was that experience that really paved his way into politics. He left the army in 1988 and was elected to the Rio de Janeiro City Council the next year. And from there, he made the jump into federal politics. So he's been a federal politician really since 1991. What's his political style? Some have described him as the Trump of the tropics. He's a divisive far-right firebrand and a self-styled political outsider. That wraps it up pretty well. He's a fan of the previous military dictatorship that ruled Brazil from 1964 to 1985. That dictatorship killed and disappeared many of its critics. He's also a self-declared homophobe and many consider him quite sexist and racist. On his broad agenda, let's pull out this quote. I really don't understand much about the economy. (laughs) Bolsonaro once did admit that. He did. And even though he's previously voted with the Workers' Party, which of course is on the left of politics against things like the privatisation of the oil and telecommunications industries, he's undergone a really big shift in favour of the free market. And that's something that he brings to his presidential position now. A big topic in Brazil is crime. Really big topic there. He once famously said a policeman who doesn't kill isn't a policeman. So, yeah, again, to that very hardline Mm. stance. Big crime waves recently in Brazil have seen homicides hit a record high of almost 64,000 people in 2017 alone. That's twice the number than in the United States and the European Union combined. And the main reason we've heard about Bolsonaro of late is due to the large-scale land clearing fires in the Amazon, the environment, a huge topic. Yeah, and he's very firmly of the view that the environmental regulations that are in place hinder Brazil's economic development. That's really why a lot of those fires are ablaze in the Amazon. They're clearing land so that there can be farming and further development in there. And he's threatened to pull Brazil out of the Paris Climate Agreement, but ultimately stayed in that. It was too much international trouble than it was worth. And how's his position on this Amazon issue in particular being received globally? really badly, it's safe to say. And the reason why the world is so interested in it is that the Amazon isn't just a world jewel. It's the biggest rainforest in the world. It also plays a really big role in terms of putting oxygen into the world and cleaning and capturing carbon. So it's a big thing for the world to be interested in. And Bolsonaro just wants them out of his backyard. It's put him front and centre of that debate, that's for sure. Heading to Asia now, and it's India's Prime Minister Narendra Modi. India alongside China is the most populated country on earth, so safe to say Prime Minister Narendra Modi has a big job. He's 69 years old, he's Hindu, he's married, though it's definitely complicated. He has <laughs> more Hashtag. on that more on that later. He has no children and was elected to the top job in 2014. 
Modi's story is actually quite similar to Erdogan's. He was involved in politics from a very young age. In fact, for Modi, he was eight years old when he joined the local Hindu nationalist youth organisation. And it was through that, even though, again, he came from very humble beginnings, that he actually developed his debating skills and his broader network. It's quite unusual in India for someone from Modi's background, uh, and by that we mean his father was basically a shopkeeper and tea salesman, to be able to rise to the top of politics. And he did that through this Hindu nationalist party stream. And what's his style? He's said to be a bit of a polarising figure, sort of loved and loathed in equal measure. He exercises a brand of what's called muscular Hindu nationalism that sometimes jars with the constitutional requirement in India for a secular government. So again, quite similar to what's happened in Turkey. The party he leads, which is the BJP, has made nationalism and national security its main planks. And that's left Modi and the party open to criticism about its treatment of the country's Muslim minority. Looking at his broad agenda here, the third one is toilets. Can you explain that? I can, and actually he's had a great deal of international plaudits for his work in that space. India, of course, has a great deal of problems when it comes to toilets and sanitation. Modi's decision to fund the construction of toilets in villages across the country to end open defecation has been widely praised. The challenge, though, is to get those people to use them. And as we've touched on with the others, what's his economic priorities? He's championed the privatisation and liberalisation of India's economy, but to a point. He's anti-union. He's made cuts to welfare. That's really been a couple of hallmarks of his leadership. He's also championed development initiatives, including greater internet access and access to electricity and energy sources across the country. And as far as world politics and news go, we've talked a fair bit about Modi this year in relation to the goings-on in Kashmir. Quick background, Kashmir borders both India and Pakistan and has been long fought over by the two nations. There are now two separate regions known as the Indian-administered Kashmir and Pakistan-administered Kashmir. What's the latest? The latest is Modi made a controversial move just recently to tighten India's control over its part of Kashmir. The new arrangement actually splits those regions into separate administrative areas that basically gives the government a lot more control. This is an issue because it's a Muslim-dominated area and, again, to Modi's sort of philosophical base, he's a Hindu nationalist that aren't really big fans of the Muslims. So there's a lot of concern there about how that will actually go down for the Muslim minority that live there. How's Modi seen on a global stage? Because India is such a rising power in the world, kind of much like China, world leaders really want to welcome him with open arms because, of course, India could potentially be a big market. He's also quite a character. So he has a commitment to yoga, for example. He has a huge social media basis and people say that he's actually a really funny and pleasant guy to be around. And that's your shortcut to Erdogan, Bolsonaro and Modi onto our recommendations. Each episode, we recommend some further reading, listening or watching. I alluded to Prime Minister Modi's complicated relationship with his wife earlier. To explain that, I have included a link to a report (laughs) from the Washington Post, which explains they were married when they were only teenagers. They've been estranged for much of the time since. This article gives her side of the story. What about you? I have just a really good news link to that episode when Bolsonaro had a go at Emmanuel Macron, the French 
president about the attractiveness of his wife, given Bolsonaro's wife is in her mid-30s and, of course, famously Macron's wife is a bit older than him. It was a pretty low blow. It was a pretty low blow. There we go. There's a wife theme in our recommendations today. (laughs) The ladies. Thank you for tuning in. Plenty more where this came from, and I suspect it won't be our last World Leaders Shortcuts. So if you have an idea of who you want us to include, please email us at hello at thesqueeze.com.au. If you're finding these shortcuts useful, we really encourage you to leave us a review. Tell your mates, tell your family, tell your colleagues about them as well. Spreading the word is the number one way people find out about us. As always, if you're new to The Squeeze, head to our website, thesqueeze.com.au, to subscribe to our daily news podcast and, or, and preferably, our (laughs) daily news email where your shortcut to being informed.